Moncrief with Energlaze on News Talk. I was the late reporter, which meant you started, I think it was 10 or 11 in the morning. I went into the office, said to the news editor, anything for me. And he said, oh, something's just dropped on the wires. A mother and her daughter have been found dead in a place called Chillingdon. So I said, well, look, I think I might as well go. There you go. That's uh, The Russell Murders, Who Killed Lynn and uh, Megan. It's on Now TV and Sky Documentaries. Olivia Fahey uh, is with us. Afternoon, Olivia. How's it going? Uh, so this is, I'm not big on murders, so, that, so you better remind people what this is, what murder it is, because it's about an actual thing. Yes, this is a true crime documentary uh, being told through three parts. Episode one actually really focuses in on reminding you as to what the, the crime was. And, you know, Lynn and Megan Russell, they were murdered really brutally uh, in their hometown. It was a quiet little town in Kent. And their uh, nine-year-old daughter, Josie, as well, she was seriously injured. So the three of them were bludgeoned nearly to death. Well, two of them to death, one nearly Mm. to death. And it absolutely shook the neighbourhood. Nobody could believe that it had happened. Everyone was speaking like so highly of the family and literally this horrible thing happened to them. No one could believe that anyone in the in the area would have been responsible for it and basically it took them nearly a year to get anywhere in the case whatsoever leaving all of the townspeople kind of worried for not only their safety but their children's safety as well so it was one of the biggest cases of of the 90s I think in the UK so a lot of people here in Ireland might remember it because it was covered like predominantly on uh, like Sky News and things like that yeah. Um, so yeah it was it was quite a big deal at the time Right okay and so the, the if you like the story arc then of this series is is it just covering the murders or and, and presumably the aftermath and all Yes, so essentially all three episodes are available to watch now and I would probably recommend doing it that way because the first episode does end somewhat on a cliffhanger because it's only then do they introduce their suspect. Yeah. And then it kind of goes into how he ended up being like charged and and trialed and then also his uh, ongoing appeals. So he essentially I think is up for parole this year and that's why it's Ooh. it's so timely as well that the documentary is coming out um, his name is Michael Stone just for anyone who's interested and yeah it, it it's just one of those true crime documentaries that kind of gets you kind of right in the heart because of just the nature of it and they really go deep into the the evidence and into you know, kind of what happened to them as well, which you don't really see in a lot of these true crime documentaries, but they, they didn't shy away from anything in this. Like from the get-go, it's just the the constable who discovered the bodies is going back to the crime scene and reliving basically how he drove there in the first place. And you can really tell that he is disturbed by having to drive down this road again. Mm-hmm. You can imagine there would be. And does it go into Stone and what his possible motivations were and... and- it does. His connection, if any, with the family. It does. And now, it, he didn't have a connection to the family, really. So it was always suspected that it was a random attack. And random attacks are always more difficult to find the person responsible for. Because, you know, you'd always look, um, in cases like these, you always look at the, the closest friends, the family and things mm. like that first. 
if it's neither of those things, then it makes things tricky. There was also very little physical evidence that they had. And also back in the day, there wasn't really that much in terms of like DNA. I think the DNA database wasn't actually created until the following year as well. So they really had nothing to go on unless someone said, I saw this person or I have the car registration of someone that I saw in the area. Mm. And they had none of that up until like very late in the day. And even Josie, who she was nine years old when she was attacked, and it took her until she was 10 before she was really able to kind of explain to the police what had happened to her. God. So if they didn't have any witnesses, who do they interview in this documentary? <laughs> Essentially, there's a lot of the reporters who covered the story at the time. A lot of them are... Um, discussing the case and something that I found really interesting um, it was in episode one but the the press attention that was brought onto the town itself mm. a lot of the residents were really really angry about that because on the first day of school um, back after the incident happened they were camped outside the school looking to interview parents and the children and getting the children on camera which you know nowadays is such a big no-no um but this is what they were doing and there's even like a clip of someone being like how dare you like get out of here stop recording the children like everybody's grieving would you just leave us alone and you kind of forget that as much as this happened to the russell family it also happened to kind of like everyone in the town like Mm. everyone was affected by it and i thought that was actually a really good thing to highlight in in the series as well yeah they they But they turned up with a camera crew of their own to tell people how uh, injured they were by camera crews turning up. Yeah. That's that <laughs> irony in that, perhaps. Uh, the, the, but Stone is now looking to be paroled. So is that perhaps why this is being timed for now? Well, I don't really want to spoil yeah. uh, what happens with his parole hearings and things like that. Um, but it is covered in, uh, I think it's episode three. Um, but yes, he, he was originally sentenced to a minimum of 25 years, uh, which means that he would be eligible for parole now, which is kind okay. of a scary thought. Okay, so that's possibly uh, where, where they're timing it for now. Uh, <laughs> then the thing, like these kinds of shows, are they, are they you know, murder porn, really? Honest to God, I don't know what it is about true crime documentaries and I am guilty of it as well, but they are just so gripping and so interesting. Like I remember The Night Stalker when it landed on Netflix. I just couldn't get enough of it, even though I couldn't sleep at night afterwards, Mm. but you just couldn't (laughs) stop watching it. And I, I honest to God do not know what the actual appeal is. I, I I hope that it's like when you get a resolve at the end of it, you're kind of like, okay, you know, there, there's someone behind bars for this type yeah. of thing. But then you just keep going back for all of these other ones. Like there is the um, the Cecil Hotel murder case as well. There is no answer in that one, so that kept me up at night oh, for a, a week after. Yes. So some of them you do get the, get the the closure that you want, and others you don't. Oh gosh, right. Uh, we'll go, I'll go. This is more fictional murder. We're going to be talking about this time. It's Top Boy. You can stream all six episodes on Netflix now. Here's a clip. Now get the memo, lads, nah? Uncle Toig. And he said things didn't have to escalate. It still doesn't. It's up to yous. Okay. We took care of the Moroccan side of things. You know, you got the machine that needs the product. We have the product. Let's work together. All right, we will then. Uh, mm-hmm. Right, so that's now uh, 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 a little bit of confusion there. Is this season three of, of Top Boy or season five of Top Boy? Uh, it is 
kind of both, if yeah. that helps. <laughs> so Netflix has it listed, or at least on my app, Netflix has it uh, listed as season three. This is because um, the streamer took it over from Channel 4. Channel 4 originally aired the first two seasons back in like 2011, 2013, that kind of area. And then even though season three was in the works, they decided, no, we're not going to continue with this. And then Netflix picked it up in 2017. Okay. And if memory serves me right, their first season, which would have been season three, that came out in 2019. Okay, um, but Netflix are calling that season one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, just to, yeah, just to make it a little bit confusing. Yeah. But generally speaking, the, the whole milieu is, is you know, crime gangsters in London, in it, that kind of thing? Yes, literally. Um, it, it, it kind of follows two main characters. Um, they are played by Ashley Walters, who, interestingly enough, uh, fans may remember from So Solid Crew. Okay. Uh, he was one of the members of that band <laughs> and uh, Kane Robinson. So they play the leads of Sully and Duchesne and the, it's all based in the Summerhouse estate in Hackney in London. And season four kind of focused on how they were um, kind of doing their drug deals with uh, a group of Moroccans, whereas now the Moroccans are kind of out of the picture and the Irish have come to town. Okay. So we get to see Brian Gleeson and Barry Keoghan mm. um, take over as their kind of new, how do I phrase this, business partners, shall we say? Yeah, perhaps. <laughs> or Yeah, perhaps. Deadly. Now, getting Barry Keoghan is a hell of a get for them. And you know what? He reached out to them, apparently, and said, I am Top Boy's biggest fan and I really, really want to be a part of this. So if there's any way for me to be involved, please let me know. So they went, okay, yeah. and basically created this whole storyline kind of around his wish to be involved. And as a kind of follow on from that, they got uh, Brian Gleeson involved as well, which is okay. fantastic. Okay, right. So so the, the, uh, uh, Gleeson and Kyogen are like, are, do they live in Ireland and they fly over with bags of drugs to sell them? Or how no, does that work? So Barry plays Johnny McGee. Someone might text in and correct me on that if I'm wrong. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's Johnny McGee. And he is basically going to be the point of contact for this Irish sort of gangster group, who, which is run by uh, Tyke. So right. uh, played play by Gleeson. So they Gleeson is, Tyke is kind of based uh, in London, but not in London, in Boston. But uh, Johnny is based in London. And basically they say to, um, they say to Sully at one point, I think it was actually shown in the clip there. It's like, you've got the machine and we've got the product so why don't we work together okay and that's kind of how their partnership comes about and what i think is really interesting is that barry really brought a lot of himself kind of to the role in a way that he was able to sort of in influence some of the language used so there's one moment where he turns around to sully and goes see she is and he goes <laughs> right. i mean sit down yeah and that ends up being like called back to later on in the season as well which i thought was very very clever so every irish person at home is going to be like yeah we know that and like i wouldn't be surprised if that was barry's suggestion you know kind of way like mm. he, he likes to, especially if it's an irish character he likes to bring a lot of that flair to to a role so i know that like the the writer and creator ronan bennett he is belfast born um but you know no one can play a dog like barry so no that's true <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah but ronan yeah he, he is born in Bel- like he grew up in but Bel- he was interned uh, yeah. ronan bennett mm-hmm. and then went to got a job as a parliamentary researcher or something as far as i recall uh the, but the the greater story arc is it just about their pals with the irish now with there must presumably be some 
uh, <laughs> internal <laughs> tension. We'll say, we'll say pals. I don't can see me doing the quotation marks yeah, with my yeah. fingers, but um, it, that is the, the central storyline. There are a few other um, side storylines going on with some of the other characters as well, but for the, the main sort of thread throughout the season, um, which is the final season as well, oh, right, um, okay. that this is, this is the main sort of plot point. Yeah. Is this worth watching? Do you know what? I think if for people who liked Love Hate, I think they will really enjoy this this series. And the fact that there are the other two seasons available to watch so you can kind of catch up and mm. you don't have to just dive straight in and hope for the best. <laughs> you you can go back and sort of follow it through from nearly the start to finish. I did check on Channel 4. I didn't see Top Boy streaming on, on their app. So unfortunately, we're, we've lost the first two seasons, but it was only eight episodes for the first two seasons. Okay, all so right. that's only four per, per season. Yeah. So you, I'd say from season three, aka season one on Netflix, uh, you should be able to catch up just fine. Yeah. But it, but if, from your description, it sounds a bit generic. Uh, there, I mean, there are, have been lots of, aren't there gangs of London? There have been lots of kind of shows about there has. You know, criminals selling drugs and shooting each other. Yeah, and you know what? Going into this, I genuinely thought that that's all it was going to be. But when you do actually start watching it, just the way that the interactions are, and it is a bit grittier and it keeps you on your toes as well. Like, there are bodies dropping left, right and centre to the point that you're kind of like, oh my God, who's going to be next? Mm. And that almost is one of the reasons why I would also compare it to Love Hate because Love Hate had a lot of that quality of you just never know what's going to happen next and that's kind of what keeps drawing you back in. So for me, it wouldn't be something that I would usually watch but I was like waiting for like the next episode. I couldn't couldn't wait to watch the next one. Okay, fair enough. Uh, we'll uh, move on to our third show of the day. It is uh, Welcome to Wrexham Season 2, Season 1 uh, in its entirety is streaming on Disney Plus and uh, you get one episode uh, drops weekly on Wednesdays for Season 2. Here's a clip. So the King of England called. My wife and I are absolutely delighted to be with you in Wrexham today to celebrate your becoming a sissy. That's the king of... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Of, of England. A little earlier, I had the opportunity to see one of the other waters of Wrexham, namely the football club, which is busy putting Wrexham on the map as never before. It was a bit weird, really, when you think about it. You've got two Hollywood actors, you've got the royal family in Wrexham. How do you even put them together? I, I have no idea. Right, that's uh, uh, Welcome to Wrexham uh, uh, Season 2. They're, they're, like, in Season 1, I haven't watched a second of this, but I know it's, uh, it's you know, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney by Wrexham. Wrexham is no great shapes, uh, shakes, and, you know, they're trying to kind of save it, I suppose. Yeah. Have they saved it? Uh, so, what, you know. Not uh, yet. All oh, right, okay. So, it's still. I, I, in terms of Tellyland, not yeah, yet. In right. terms of Reality Land, we actually kind of know where this season is going. Um, but, yes, season one focused mainly on why they bought the team, what they were hoping to do with it. And for me, I was really expecting it to be a proper, like, Hollywoodified docuseries about the stars kind of thing but they actually really honed in on the people and the locals and kind of showed that even though these guys are coming in and they have a plan in place they also don't want to step on any toes to the point that like they were opening up a bar in the the race course stadium and they were like well hang on we want to make sure that 
um, the turf pub is also looked at like are they on board with this do they know that we're planning on doing this like mm-hmm. let's make sure that we're not stepping on his toes and it's that kind of attention to detail that you're like oh okay well these guys are clearly like they know what they're doing here even though they've never run a football club before in their mm-hmm. lives it was just that kind of like okay let's let's see what what else you got so we just heard in the clip there season two literally opens with the two of them sitting really awkwardly kind of like shuffling in their chairs and like do you want to start oh no okay I'll start so the King of England called and it is literally just that case of what the heck <laughs> like yeah. this is the most random thing ever but because they've started shining such a spotlight on the now city it's kind of yeah it's gone from zero to 90 just worldwide and of course you know the monarchy was going to pay attention to that so they did but, but that wasn't the king that was that was your man hmm? was that the actual king in that clip yes no. it was it was King Charles no it wasn't it was. Well, no, Quiddy thinks it wasn't. Uh, uh, Sean I've thinks seen, it was. I've yeah. seen the episode. It is yeah, King Charles. Yeah, actual? Because, okay. the, because he was there to, um, he was there to, an, uh, oh, I can't remember the turn of phrase that's used, but uh, Wrexham was becoming a city. So he went for that and then decided to drop by the race course while he was there. Yeah. So that clip is from him in the church, cathedral, something. God, I thought it was somebody imitating him. No. Uh, uh, because, <laughs> you know, like they sound like imitations of themselves. Yeah. So there you go. All right. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, and so, but like again, though, is there a, a so is there a story arc in that they're still trying to rescue Wrexham? Yes, they're still trying to get Wrexham out of the league that they're in now, basically yeah. back to where they kind of belong, where they're going to make a little bit more money, get a bit more media attention, and just get it back to its former glory. So there's a lot of talk on like they're trying to rebuild one of the stadiums. Was their former glory? I don't know. Apparently. Okay, yeah, right, okay. <laughs> the, so there's, um, yes, basically they, they lost in like the semi-finals last year. So that was okay. devastating to them. So they're like, we know we can do it. We've spent all this money and all these players, like we have to do it this year or else we are broke and the club is broke and there's nothing more we can do. Yeah. So there's a lot riding on, the, I'm going to do this year again, quotations that no one can see, um, but it, it technically is last season in football terms. So Right, okay. But, but sure, isn't that up to uh, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney, whether it's last season or that? Sure, they're zillionaires. They can just pump more money into it if they want to. I think there's or- also kind of like rules in place as to how much money you can put into it. So they were that? already mm. trying to apply for funding to rebuild the, oh, I'm probably going to butcher the pronunciation of this, the Cups, which was one of their standing stadiums, a bit like Hill 16, yeah. um, their version of that. And... Um, they'd put, like spent 18 months putting in all of this paperwork mm. and filing for this grant only to be told yeah you're not getting it and they were like oh shoot we've already like fronted the money to basically knock it down thinking that we we're going to get the money back mm. when we get this grant in no and it's going to cost 20 million to rebuild and Rob McElhenney actually turns around to the camera and goes I don't know if Ryan has that kind of money lying around. I know I don't. And like if he says that he does I'd go to Blake because I think he's lying. Yeah okay <laughs> fair enough. Uh, it's uh, it's not about soccer it's about hope for a town yes. uh, uh, says uh, uh, another texter and that is the thing like if you aren't a football fan it, it does focus so much on the people that that's what's made it so endearing like you do think it's going to be Hollywoodified but it's actually just the most lovely heartwarming thing you'll ever see yeah and I, and obviously the two lads are in it a lot but mm. I, I assume in real life they're not in Wrexham all the time they're off doing whatever they're doing they're off doing whatever they're doing but they do actually also spend a lot of time there and in the towards the end of the season Ryan Reynolds was there quite a bit because he was in prep work for Deadpool 3 which was filming in the UK so he was able to be there <laughs> a lot fil- more filming in Wrexham <laughs> maybe not well I, you know, I wouldn't doubt if they filmed in Wrexham because let's face it it's it's Ryan Reynolds he'd be yeah. like ooh marketing opportunity here we go um, but 
but yeah, I, I wouldn't, I actually would not be surprised if Wrexham features in Deadpool 3 now. That's actually a great idea. Right. Uh, someone <laughs> says he was in London shooting Deadpool. So we used to, to go to all the Wrexham games before the end of the season. Uh, mm-hmm. says another texter uh, and somebody says the first two seasons of Top Boy are on Netflix it's called Top Boy Summer House ah that's why I couldn't find it that's a weird name isn't it what that makes it, it make... sound like a kid show Top Boy Summer House hey everybody <laughs> <laughs> this is how you shoot a geezer boys and girls <laughs> That's I suppose so they're bizarre. taking it from the estate, isn't Summer House Estate? Oh, maybe it is. Where it's based. Maybe so. that's why. Yeah. Though that, this person says that uh, the, uh, the the first two seasons are the best. Oh, so we can go backwards and, go. and find out. Anyway, those three uh, shows we were talking about today are the Russell Murders, Who Killed Lynn and Megan. That's on Now TV and Sky Documentaries. Uh, also, Top Boy. You can stream all six episodes, uh, season three or five, whichever way you want to look at it. You can stream all six episodes on Netflix right now. And welcome to Wrexham, season two. Uh, new episodes are jo- dropping every Wednesday. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. with Anna Glaze on News Talk.